Welcome to the Party Pal, the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. Welcome to the Party Pal, a proud member of the Osiris Media Group. Check out all their offerings. Really looking forward to seeing what they're going to drop on us in uh, 2023 with new live events, new podcasts. Check it all out at OsirisPod.com. I am one of your hosts, Michael Shields. I think I mentioned last episode our tribute to uh, the best television of 2022, that that was going to be our final episode of the year. I was wrong. We're going to sneak one in. This one, we pay tribute to The Fablemans, the coming-of-age drama directed by Steven Spielberg and written and produced by Tony Kushner and Spielberg. It is a semi-autobiographical story based on Spielberg's adolescence and first years as a filmmaker told through an original story of the fictional Sammy Fableman, a young aspiring filmmaker who explores how the power of films can help him see the truth about his dysfunctional family. The film features an extraordinary ensemble cast that includes Gabriel LaBelle as Sammy and then Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, Judd Hirsch, and uh, a whole bunch more. To dig into it, I have with me as our co-host for the day, director, uh, writer, Film and television aficionado Mitch Lucas. Let's get into it. Uh, Mitch, welcome back to the party. How are you doing? Good. Uh, it's been a while, so this is one that I'm excited about. I came to you with this one, so. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty good filmmaker we're going to talk about here, which is great. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, his movies always uh, work really well around the holidays. There's a lot of heart. Um, you know, this one being a coming of age story really really speaks to things that I think a lot of us enjoy to take in this time of year. Um, I was excited to see, uh, uh, you know, this film immediately, you know, uh, you know, I wasn't going to wait. It just, it really works this time of year for me. I'm just curious um, your thoughts, you know, you know, uh, just some opening thoughts, you know, what do you think of the film? Um, anything that struck you right off the top? Well, the biggest thing I thought was, is the thing that Spielberg is always able to do is, uh, someone who maybe anyone that's not him might read the script and be like, I don't know how you make this visually interesting, or I don't know if this is anything more than people sitting around a room talking or, and it's so much, he manages to make it just as visually interesting as a, of a film. I think is, is, is most of his other ones. I, you know, it's not a sci-fi film. It's not a lot of computer generated imagery, but it's visually stunning. Uh, as as any of them are and uh, i want to talk more about uh sort of how i think his his last two movies have played out uh in as we go but as yeah. sort of in a generalized way i i just thought this was surprisingly visually stunning in in uh, another one of i think the the better films he's made in, in you know a while that's a great point too because i mean you're right there wasn't these big scenes and you know he's got some of the bigger bigger films ever you know i mean just big big huge ideas brought to the screen and this is smaller in scope is his family it's school it's it's school dances it's just it's just, you know in the car the whole thing and it's still beautiful it still feels bigger than it should i think um 
overall, I think, um, you know, any sto storyteller of this caliper kind of deserves and should tell this sort of tell their story. You know, I, I, I you know, I, I, part of me was like, wow, this could be viewed self-indulgent. You know, look, look how I came up. Look what I was doing at the time. But I just I need I'd love, you know, to I want to I want to hear it. I want to see it. I want to see what he was doing, what what, you know, what led him to being this special of a um, storyteller and filmmaker. And, you know, we walked down that road. I mean, one of the things I first came out of it uh, thinking um, is just like how much Stephen was in that because, you know, it's described as semi-art biographical. But I mean, there's I mean, a lot. It's it's I mean, it's him. It's I mean, down to he did make that you know, short called The Last Gunfight that did get him that marriage badge. They did do um, Escape to Nowhere. Um, you know, all, all, the, all the things with the family. That was all him. And that's a lot to put on screen. Did, uh, did you feel a sense? I felt, I felt there was a lot of bravery in putting a lot of this on the screen. And, and, and that, I found that very admirable. Did you feel the same? Yeah, well, I don't know many filmmakers that have, I, there's a lot of filmmakers that have done sort of semi-biographical films, Fellini and Eight and a Half, and mm. uh, or many of his films. But to do sort of uh, almost literal translation of your of your childhood, I thought was um, that seems something like I haven't seen before. Uh, and you know, I, I I thought it was unique, and I I agree. Like it, what I've read and the interviews I've heard is that it's it's very very specific and accurate to his life that there, there wasn't a lot of things that were just completely thrown in there uh, characters or storylines um, and especially with how he was treated in high school with the anti-semitism yeah. and things he had to fight through um, obviously the names changed and things but mm -hmm. yes I did think it was brave especially since I heard he was you know crying through a lot of the filmmaking process wow. and, and when I saw the film, I, I definitely felt like that would be emotional. Uh, maybe in the midst of making something, you get lost, and with you don't, you're not always present about what you're making. But I, I, I can't imagine that he wasn't thinking about his past a lot, and uh, especially I think for me, with the the sort of, I think his father helped uh, supported him as as best he knew how, but I don't think his support for his filmmaking was completely um, there, was completely like proactive. Opposite. And yeah, and that, you know, that's hard for any young person, especially the further you go in the past, the more I think um, the pushback you would get about something like filmmaking or being an artist of any kind of creative field. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you know, I'm a designer and an animator Nowadays, that's like being in, like an accountant or like finance or something that you can do. You tell somebody that, and it's like, oh, that's yeah. Lots of people who can you can get a job in that. Yeah. Even when I did in the '90s, it was like, how do you? Who would you ever work for? You know. And then it, but so that that's something that every creative person I think it goes through, and it really hit me hard on a per, you know personal level. So what um as the story goes, they've um. He's been conceiving this project since 1999 with his sister Anne, but they, you know, uh, kind of were holding back because, you know, all the all, all the family things that would come to life. He um he revisited it, the idea uh, with Tony Kushner when they were working on West Side Story. They were just like, you know, remember that thing. Um, and so what happened is they did wait for their parents to pass. Um, 
Lee Adler died in 2017 and uh, Arnold Spielberg died in 2020. So it was something uh, I think that out of respect to them and, you know, they, they, you know, they, I think they assumed that that would, this could be really something tough to watch, you know, yourself, um, you know, lose the the one you love and, and whatever happened with that love triangle there. That's, that's, so I understand why they did that, but it's wild to think that this has been something brewing for that long. And um, yeah, it is, it's, 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 it really speaks to some big themes that I really am excited to talk about. And I think about when it comes to art and filmmaking and, the power of film and the beauty of film. But I mean, there's this idea that was kind of resonating through it. It was, and it's, it's really laid out perfectly in his two parents, this idea of art versus science. And, uh, you know, and there's a stark, stark line because his dad, you know, it was a, wasn't a genius scientist. His mother was a true, true artist. Um, I think those ideas commingle more than, uh, than suggest it. And these days art, you know, is, is benefited by, by science in such a major way. We see it through CGI and just so many ways we can use science to tell stories and do that. But uh, it was fascinating to see that play out and that, that kind of, you know, go head to head in this way. Cause it was, it was a major player in the movie. And I just, I just thought that was really, really cool to see. Well, I think it's, uh, like when you think about Steven Spielberg, he exemplifies this, this, uh, duality because no doubt. The, the thing that he accomplishes so much almost more than any other filmmaker is that science helps him tell his stories you yep. know with Jurassic Park whether it's I mean every every film he's ever made even if it's not an action film he's done something visually that had to be developed and and, and it was a there was a challenge there yeah. so you can see the duality and the, the two sides of his mind the heart in the in the in in the the passion for creativity and telling a story, and then the part of himself that's a problem solver and is saying like, how on a technical level could we get together and do this? And that's uh, a lot, you know, him along with George Lucas um, and people of his generation were pioneers of their era. Kubrick, they were pioneers of their era along to have large philosophical ideas or emotional narratives that they wanted to tell, but using very um, state-of-the-art technology to, to assist them. So it's uh, it, it's interesting how that all sort of ties up in a, in a really nice bow. Absolutely. Know? No, because you're, you're seeing exactly what, you know, what forged him from, from both of these parents. I mean, he, he took those, he was probably getting more. When I walked away from it, I'm like, you know, his mom was the one who was pushing him to, you know, you know, really pushing the art, telling him how good of a filmmaker it was, while his dad was, you know, kind of trying to veer him other ways, um, as you were describing with, you know, what's financially smart. But when, when I walked away from the film, I was thinking his father might have given him, you know, almost just as much. I mean, the reason he is who he is, is it's that melding of worlds, the melding of the science and art, as you were you were just describing. And there was a moment I want to get to right away because I'm super excited. And when we're talking about art and it was just, it was Judd Herschel, Judd Hirsch as uncle Boris and his arrival. I thought it was the most delightful of, uh, uh, of scenes um, that he was in. And he just spoke to um, the power of art and just like, this is going to like, it was, it was, he came to warn him about what, what, 
being an artist is like and and you know how it can consume you and take over your world and yeah i mean you know also excites you and then you know but like it was more like are you ready for this this art thing is real you know and i just thought that was so powerful for him to get that you know uh yeah lesson from from his uncle that like this is this art thing is no joke. If if you if you're ready for it, it's 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 gonna grab you by the reins and it's gonna take you on a ride. You know, it's taken Spielberg on quite a ride, to say the least. Well, um, Joe Hirsch is the perfect um, casting for this because when I think when I think about ordinary people, I think about him as this sort of younger version. You know, maybe a late thirties, early forties person talking to a young person is sort of having all these answers that. A young person didn't know existed, you know, and just him having so much wisdom—it's—it's it's in his face. And then, as now as he's—he's he's in the, you know, second half of his, half of his career, uh, there's—it's—it's it's really on the wrinkles of his face and of his eyes. And I, what I loved about that whole scenario that led to that was his father had this sort of unrealistic request for him to just stop everything and make a make a video. Or, sorry, make to cut cut his home movie footage together into a montage of some kind for his mom because that's what his father. It's like people have to relate to you on their level, you know. They can't say I'm giving up fully. No, I have to do something that I understand. So his father was being a little bit selfish in a way because he was trying to accomplish something, though. What I felt like Judd Hirsch was saying on a larger level, even though he was talking about everything that you're talking about, in a, in a sort of indirect way, he was uh -huh. saying, the fam if you don't do these things for your family, how are you going to be, you know, how are, if, how are you going to, if you can't tell this story, how are you going to tell these larger stories? If, yeah. if, you're, trying to, if you're trying to break away, if, if, you, if you're losing interest in, in your family so easily, then how, how are you going to make it when when real things are going on. I, I don't know if that's even really no, that's, the meaning of it, but yeah. I, that felt like a, a sort of underlying thing that, that it was about trying to, he immediately saw that his, that, that um, Sam wasn't interested in doing this project. And he knew that that was where he, he needed to get that through that rite of passage first. You know, Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about that camping trip moment and like making that film too, because it speaks to, something i thought was so beautiful uh and i believe in this fully the power of film the um you know when he he did piece that together finally he came upon um a, a, you know a, a realization that was <laughs> that, that affected his life and affected his whole family in a major way and it was that his mother was in love with someone else and i just thought that spoke to um the truth that you can find in film and and the truth that you can find when you're like analyzing this and to go even further into this power of film idea i mean he took that too and he used film he used it to communicate hurt to his mother and what he was feeling and what he was going through that moment when he he showed her what he had seen what he had, had come upon in in you know in the closet that was that was that was a community that was a method of communication that was a way that he was able to speak without speaking through this medium that he finds it easier to communicate with or it did at the time i thought that was amazing to continue this idea of a kind of uh, how it you know nodded to the power of film i mean just watching it ignite his classmates at, at the dance and what it did to them and what he was able what he was seeing his skill and the medium was able to do to his classmates and furthermore it was beautiful how 
he kind of used it to um he used it against the bully he kind of used it to either connect or kind of um i don't know kind of kind of wielded it uh, wielded it as, as a sword against you know both of the bullies and it, it, it one was to connect and one was to kind of you know as a vengeance way but it just really spoke to what film can do in a major way and what 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 this medium can do to communicate with each other to to you know you can really make people feel things and 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 that's what he learned and that's he's been making us feel since since those early days and that's beautiful well going back to sort of that first scene where he has to show his mother the footage because he can't put it into words and it's the only way he can really do it what there was a theme there that i really loved and um that i think is almost the 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 like the best visual of the movie to explain uh-huh. what the movie is about is him projecting in his closet. Yeah. So like yeah. every time he yeah. wants to project something, if it's not for the family or if it's something that he's not ready to show the world, it's always in that closet yep. where he's moving aside the coats and things. And so it was very fitting that that wasn't something he played across the living room. It was, you have to come into the secret place where these, these are the stories that aren't ready to come out and I'm afraid to bring them out into the world. Yeah. And, you know, uh, as 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 he sort of evolved through high school and realized that he, you know, needed to use filmmaking to relate to people, um, you know, it, it, it was a transition from keeping this inside of his his closet to now I'm showing it to the entire uh, prom and, and everyone and you're you're absolutely right i mean i sort of saw i sort of saw that i'm sure everyone saw that coming when he kept filming uh the those those two bullies were a strange pair i want to say just off the side because the main guy i can't remember his name but the one he ends up having a sort of a uh an understanding with yeah the he, more typical always, bully yeah yeah he was already always writing this line between I'm not one of the bad ones, but also I'm the worst one. It's like there's the one, there's the one guy who's just I'm a bully. I don't like you. And then there's this guy who you don't. He's very two faced, and he's almost scarier in the beginning because he kept apologizing for the first guy. Going, listen, don't worry about him. He's crazy. But then he's as bad as the bad, if not as you know, if not worse. So a strange pairing, and I I feel like in my uh, high school um, times, I remember people like that where you couldn't fully read them. Uh, and it was a, a very hard to completely understand scene when the guy was so upset by yep. how good he made him. Yep. It was a very complex issue he was going through that that, that was um, interesting. Yeah, you know? I, I think it speaks to a nuance. And I hear a lot of people talk about this these days when it talks about people, you know, uh, you know evil versus good there's so much nuance in people you know there's most people aren't fully bad or even fully good there's so many gray areas we work in between and that was a complex scene i that's why i was kind of when i was trying to describe what the film did to that bully it was it would seem like it it helped them connect but it also it messed with his head at the same time so it was kind of you know this duality at, at at play there which was really really intense the uh so the power of filmmaking was 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 really evident in this thing, but also was the beauty of filmmaking and just the, just the, the, some of the most delightful moments for me was just watching him make these movies and watching him, you know, uh, whether it's that one in the, um, 
the uh the last gun fight and in, in the wagon wagon thing uh, and then um that whole um war scene the the escape to nowhere thing that was unbelievable just kind of watching the way he was at that age you know kind of uh, uh figuring out how to tell these stories in this way and i just thought it was so cool to see that brought to life it just it was it was visually it was amazing i, I was just absolutely yeah. delighted the whole time they did leave out um uh he did make something around that time called firelight uh which became the inspiration to clip for close encounters which that was the one that was left out but yeah. i thought those scenes where they were panning over the bodies and showing them showing all the all his friends run around and you know lay down as the body i just thought that was absolutely incredible that was that was beautiful yeah. i love, i love movies about movie making and it was just it was it was it was in that realm of 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 awesomeness it was definitely like the highlight i think visually one of the highlights for me um i love the train scene in the beginning when the, when he's trying to figure out what what it would be like for a train to yep. you know crash but the the way they what what was what was successful about those watching the movies and making the movies was you were able to see what the difference between he you were able to see the difference between him and somebody who did maybe wasn't going to have a ton of talent you with it because of the way that he got the audience behind him and because of the way that the audience would say, Oh, he's uh, even that part where he realized the guns didn't have any like life to the gunshots didn't have any life to him. And he could hold that one extra step. Yep. Um, you, he made a point to, to show what it was that, that, the, the reason those things were exciting was because he actually did have skills and he had talent and Envision. people went there because they were just sort of going to give him a nice pat on the back for doing something. And then they realized he actually made something that was worthwhile. And so that was a very telling uh, part of the film uh, to me was, was that, you know, he was making good stuff with very little and he was learning, he was, he was being very resourceful and he was going above and beyond what, most people would think to do and also like a natural director with the actors as well i mean you yeah. see they, they really drive that home in that moment where the um uh, uh the guy had to have some emotion about all, all his dead soldiers all his dead platoons and he talks to him and he brings brings him into that moment it just shows that he was uh you know i think the idea there is that he was a natural director and he moved you know that young man to emotion that really mess them up and those are the things that you know shows that he was a good director not only in setting up the scenes but working with actors and you know it, explaining to him the emotion behind the scene in that way it was really fun to see the idea of kind of like a true Colin here I mean this was always his thing this was his passion this is something he excelled upon early on I was I've always been jealous of people who uh you know, early on knew exactly what they wanted to do and, and oh yeah, yeah. Were, were able to go for it and and just like this was it. I mean, I know he had the you know uh, a lot of stops and starts and you know it wasn't sure if it was going to go on the whole time, but this was this was a natural thing for him and it was it was beautiful to see the way they told that he was not only gifted in the way that you were describing, but gifted in and and talking with and working with actors even at a young young age. It's, that's wild stuff. Yeah, I mean that that scene where the the last film he makes where the the soldiers everyone's gotten blown away and yeah, you know and he really he's going through other things and he's relating what he's going through to what the soldiers going through 
but that guy like really is like moved by his direction you know and yeah. and it's yeah. it's oh, he- like a masterful shot at that early age that you know and even um the it, it sort of relates a lot to if you look at the the early short film he did i think it was called and i can't remember and i, I would know it at 10 nine times out of 10 but yep. it's the the couple walking along the road uh from the 70s but anyway yeah so much of why he was called upon at an early age is because you could just immediately notice a talent in his how he moved the camera and how music played a role i mean it just was you know a magic that was there early on i really want to get into this um so we don't don't miss it but i mean the mother was amazing i thought michelle williams was the performance uh, of the film, I, I, she was absolutely amazing. But uh, I found the mother to be the most fascinating character to me. She was kind of a first off, their bond was really, really intense, and you know that's why it made some of the hurt between them even more hurtful. Um, but she was, it was wild to see this idea of just this like really, really free spirit kind of stuck in this nuclear family of that time. And that was wild to try to see her, you know, be herself, but it, it's, you can't, she couldn't fully be herself at times. And, and then eventually I love that scene in the kitchen at the end um, when she was kind of just saying, I'm, I'm kind of going for it. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, uh, Benny is my, my calling. He's my life. It was, I found that, and I know it can be looked at as selfish, um, and she described it as selfish. And I think that's something that, you know, is, is, is true, but there's also other things that are true. And I found it empowering, um, that, you know, she, she wasn't going to give up on her kids. She was always there for her kids. And, and, but she also knows that she, this is one life. This is one chance. There's, there are times you have to follow your heart. You have to follow your passion. You have to follow your happiness. And I found that beautiful. I think that's another good lesson for someone like a young Steven who, knows especially the, after the warning boris gave him that you know art art can cause some troubles during the thing but but the mother's idea towards the end is you do have this is your life and you do have to make sure you get what you want out of it and i just thought that was super super empowering the the whole mother part of it i just thought was just just really that was like one of my biggest things i was blown away by the film michelle Williams' yeah. performance and also just the 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 real unique character that was this this really true free spirit uh, uh kind of trapped in a unique situation really really blown blew me away yeah it felt reflective of what i would imagine this sort of entering a post 1950s world where um the housewife is like that's her job and she is all in and then maybe there's that change happening where people want more out of their life and they're trying to think of ways to get it and they're trying to think of themselves a little bit more and uh you know it's someone said to me sort of as you get older the, the older you get the fewer options you have for doing what you want to do the less the less the more you're compromising the less that's available to you to do what you're excited about or passionate about so if you wait one more day, it's one more day with less options. So I think she felt at that point, if she waited another day, another month, it was just gonna, she wasn't gonna have a chance. And uh, so she 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 made a difficult decision. It was probably not a popular decision, but 
you know, it was the decision she made and they're going to get through it. And I think obviously it seems, seems like they probably did have in real life hard times with it, but you know, the, the story I think hopefully was, was a positive one positive outcome for them. I'll say um, also um, I thought that, Paul Deneau is sort of entering into this really masterful level of acting. I'm starting to feel like he, you know, this was a, a totally restrained mm-hmm. role. He wasn't screaming, yep. but he was a ma- he was masterful in, in, in sort of complimenting Michelle Williams. Um, he reminded me a lot of like De Niro and the Irishman where other people got a lot of the praise, but yep. he was really steering a lot of it. Yes. He was really, he was really giving people, the things to work with. And I think Paul Deneau is, um, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right in my, I may not be, but I think he's that. entering this, this level of like where maybe DiCaprio is, he's not as famous, but I think where a, a director of like the highest quality is yeah. going to look for someone like him to lead a film. It's probably going to be Christopher Nolan, Yes. types of level yeah. directors for him for for moving forward i think yeah I, I he's put in some of the most masterful performances of the last decade and i still think and and just to you know uh, as you just described i think some of his best performances are, are are coming our way and just because it just seems like there's a new confidence there's a new ability i mean like he you know he was able to just play this res- more reserved type father with that t- sort of like uh intensity and it would just it felt more mature than some of his other roles. And it just it just speaks to kind of what he can can do. He's awesome. He's just absolutely yeah. incredible. kind of like Michael Shannon level intensity uh, to me. Um, how amazing was it to see David Lynch at the end as John Ford? How how how, how oh, awesome was that? That was incredible. It was really one of the it's probably the best laugh, like comedic moment of the movie. Yes. And he looked a ton like him. Yep. I remember this uh, Richard Avedon photo of John Ford with uh-huh. the, the the eye patch and the head. The face like takes is shot in this sort of hyper focus with a flash where you can see every pore. And that that image of Lynch was like perfect to what I remember of yep. of that of that uh, director and the Horizon Light thing. That was one of my funny. It was the funniest things. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, that was that was what a- worth it all. What a delightful way to bring the film home, too. I mean, you know, obviously it was, it was, you know, as they were launching him into his career and the whole thing. But what a delightful way to, you know, end that after after all the intensity of, of the divorce and everything you went through with all. It, it also that, just the 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 idea that they they really showed the anti-Semitism that he dealt with in school. I think there's a lot of corners of the country. I was actually from one of them, just a, a you know smaller town in Connecticut where. You know, I didn't see much of that uh, in my school. And that's something that that many people in America have, have experienced. And it's brutal and it's intense. And, you know, it's something important to talk about, especially as we see a rise of anti-Semitism throughout the country, which is insane to me. But that was super, super important. Um, but yes, yeah, so what I was saying with, with all those intense moments, it was really fun to end on that moment. So this film, um, it's been a little bit of a box office disappointment so far, which was was which was a little um uh I, I was I was super surprised to see that but it's 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 getting a lot of praise from critics it's got five golden globe nominations including best picture uh best director Michelle 
Uh, I think it could have a second life, um, you know, around the award uh, seasons and stuff like that. And as it deserves to, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. And I just, like I said, I love movies about movies. I, the ability to see, um, you know, one of the greatest storytellers of our time, tell his story and, and, and help us understand where he came from or how he came to be. I thought that was a gift. I thought that overall was a, yeah. was a full gift. And I'm, 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 I'm thrilled about this movie. Well, I just one of the big things I wanted to say um, before we finish, like yeah. the number one thing in my head uh-huh. was that I think as movie going audience, obviously we don't owe anyone anything, but I think that we're doing a disservice to Steven Spielberg with the last two films he's made. I think that he, West Side Story and now The Fablemans are two of the best films he's done in, you know, 10 or 15 years, Definitely. maybe 15 years. You know, I, I can't I can't think of when I was more enthralled by his virtuoso at moving the camera at production design that sort of tells the story visually. He's, it's just like he's he's really feels reborn. And uh, I wouldn't ever say that there was films of his that I didn't like or that I yeah. but, yeah, like the, the quality is always high. But the last two, I just feel like are two of the best of his career and we as an audience have almost like moved on and I don't know why, you know, we're taking it for I granted. Don't, I don't, I don't understand why we don't understand how okay. good these last two films are. Absolutely. West Side Story. I, I mean, it's magic. Blew, blew me away. And I, I don't have musical knowledge of musicals uh-huh. more than a few, a handful of them. And this was like, it, it, it really as good as anything he's done. And now with Fablemans, this totally different story, but to to maintain, like I said, this visual interest in a movie that's just a family drama with people sitting around a table, it just shows how incredibly it is. And and I just think as a movie going audience, we've just sort of given up, I think. I I just don't know why this isn't a bigger deal than it is. I agree. We're taking, we're absolutely taking um, his talents and his talents haven't waned at all. And we're taking them for granted. Many are. Yeah. I want two questions before we head out here, Mitch. Um, Could you give me your favorite Spielberg? I know, I know number one, but, uh, you know, I want you to say it, but what are your favorite Spielberg movies? Maybe a, a top five off the top of your head? Top five. Okay. Well, Jaws, Raiders, those are the top two. So yeah. having and those are my top two movies of all time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a pretty big deal. Um, big deal. Let me see. I, I'm putting. I'm probably gonna put West Side Story right at five. Love it. Um, I'm gonna say in the '80s. I mean, uh, at number three, I'll put. I mean, I could put all three. Raiders. So I'll just put those three films as number yeah, two. Yeah, pocket them together. For There's sure. no reason to like, cr- you know, cram yeah, it in. Uh, so Jaws, the entire Raiders trilogy. I would say, I I love Saving Private Ryan. I'll put that at four. So number three, I've got to pick something from, uh, from the '80s because mm-hmm. that's one of his biggest uh, eras. I'll say I'm gonna put Empire of the Sun. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So, I love that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I mean, five is, we, we'd, we'd have to really like do a whole 
podcast. Oh, is... And we should. Stephen Stephen deserves yes. just you know a couple. I just like to mention Jaws and Raiders are right off right off bat. But uh, Catch Me If You Can, I believe, is a perfect movie. Yeah, I mean, I believe it's a perfect movie. I watch it a lot. I, I mean, a lot. It's something I can watch a lot. It's something. It's anytime it's on, I I turn it on. I just think. There's not a scene I'm not fascinated by. I just think it's a perfect, perfect movie. You know what's fantastic? And it came out um, not too long ago now, 2015, is Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies was excellent. Yeah. Really excellent movie. Um, I, I in Saving Private Ryan and Jurassic Park are two I turn to a lot. It's just so much goodness. I would like to walk down that road with you one day and really dig into all his work and talk yeah. about it. My last question for you is uh, you've seen the trailer how excited are you for um, Indiana Jones? And what is it? The Dial of Destiny? Is that where we're at? Dial of Destiny. Yeah. yeah it looks good. I mean, I'm I'm incredibly excited. Yeah. I, I it, It's the, probably the last one that we'll get. Um, yeah. Anything with like Star that. Wars or, or Indiana Jones from Lucasfilm, it's hard because the fans are so... They're rough. They're just so toxic. And I'm... And I... And Indiana Jones is so, like, sincere and fun and playful and... You know, I don't know. I don't know what I hope happens. Like, right. I would love to see a grounded story, but I think it's going to be a wild story that we don't know what's going to happen. Okay. So um, <clears throat> I think James Mangold is going to do, has probably done an incredible film. I'm yeah. really excited about Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Me too. She just belongs in yes. the Indiana Jones world. Yep. I'm totally happy, would be totally happy if they did a spinoff, not her as, you know, Indiana Jones, but her as like, her own spinoff of 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 adventure films, even oh, just the one little line she had in the trailer, where she was like mildly related. There was just something funny about the way it came off. Uh, yeah, so that's that's number one for me. Uh, absolutely, that's gonna get me uh, excited. So totally, I can't wait till next summer. Mitch, thank you for doing this with me. I appreciate it. Happy New Year! I can't wait to. Uh talk uh uh films and movies and directors and the whole thing with you again in uh 2023 thank you so much this is like a real gift that you bring me into this and allow me to talk about this stuff and we were talking about how we get busy around the holidays but mm -hmm. having a chance to do this is really special and really important so thank you this is an escape movies are an ultimate escape for me i, I bury myself in them when times are tough so uh, happy New Year to everyone out there listening. We really, really appreciate uh, um, all the support we've had all year. And uh, we'll see you next year. Thank you for once again joining the party. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.